flew past, the animals remained rigidly poised for battle where they stood, as if some magical potion had transformed them into two granite effigies. In spite of their frozen posture, their hackles now formed distinct ridges along their backs, conveying their unwavering distrust of him or anyone else they loosely regarded as an outsider, except that in this case they had taken up what had every appearance of being a protective stance on either side of a tall, uniformed officer who was standing in the passageway near the far end of the gallery. The fact that he was leaning heavily on a cane indicated that he was just another wounded participant from their war with France, perhaps even from the more recent Battle of Waterloo or the subsequent skirmishes still raging in that country. From what could be roughly ascertained... The fellow had been halted by the lady's arrival in the manor, for his slow, exacting perusal seemed riveted entirely upon her. Roger was put to task to figure out precisely who this newcomer was. If merely an acquaintance or a distant relative of the family, then why would the dogs accept him so readily? Who the devil was this chap, anyway? That question was swept from conscious thought as Roger was jostled aside by the late lord's only daughter. After falling well behind during their afternoon race, Samantha Gallia Wyndham Burke had only just now arrived at her family's country estate. Much in the manner of her closest friend, she seemed playfully intent upon eluding the man who had given chase, in this case, her sandy-haired husband of nearly two years. Percival Burke's height and long, leaping strides definitely gave him an advantage in his pursuit. Amid squeals of laughing protest, he gathered his wife in the crook of an arm and, with a devious chuckle, swept her around to face him. Now I have you, my lovely. Dragging off her bonnet, Samantha peered up at her handsome husband through long, silky lashes as the corners of her soft lips curved coyly. Should I believe I'm in danger, sir? Sandy brows arched diabolically above gleaming blue eyes. The worst kind, I fear. In sweetly contrived contrition, Samantha lowered her gaze as her gloved fingers toyed with the buttons of his suede waistcoat. Even so, her lips seemed inclined to twitch as she strove to restrain her merriment. I suppose I must pay penance. Aye, her husband murmured huskily, squeezing her arm. I shall see to it without delay upon our arrival at home. The entrance of the third couple was considerably more dignified than the previous two. For some time now, Major Lord Stuart Burke had been hindered by a particularly painful wound which he had received in the left buttock during the Battle of Waterloo. Yet his courtliness remained above reproach. Having drawn within his accommodating arm the daintily gloved hand of Miss Felicity Fairchild, a young, immensely fetching newcomer to the small, nearby town of Bradford-on-Avon, Stuart escorted her into the great hall with all the gallantry of an officer and a gentleman, while she, with small, mincing steps and demure little smiles, glided along beside him. Greatly encouraged by the arrival of the couples, Roger followed in their wake, and sought to fortify his entrance further still by the example Percival had set. Daring much, he dashed towards Adriana with every hope of catching her unaware, for if there was one thing at which he excelled, it was his speed and manoeuvrability. Having had to fend for himself and his mother amid the squalor of London streets prior to her death and his internment in an orphanage, he had learned the necessity of being swift at a very early age. 
It had either been that or have the stolen food stripped from his grasp by officials, an incident that had usually ended in a magistrate determining the fate of the thief. The briskly advancing repetition of metal striking marble immediately claimed Adriana Sutton's attention. The rascal was coming toward her with all possible speed. Challenged to defeat the purposes of her indomitable suitor, Adriana spun away from Harrison with a well-feigned, light-hearted laugh, managing by a narrow margin to avoid Roger's outstretched hand. Dedicated to the idea of staying out of the apprentice's reach, she continued her whirling dervish past several archways leading into the gallery, vaguely aware of Leo and Aris scurrying out of her way. On the heels of their flight, a wooden object rattled to the floor. In the next instant, she came to a mind-jarring halt against an obstacle firmly rooted in her path, giving her cause to wonder if a tree had suddenly sprouted to soaring heights in the passageway. The threat of falling seemed imminent as she reeled away haphazardly. Her booted toe struck the decorative moulding at the bottom of an Italianate ornamented archway. Or was it a wickedly twining root over which she stumbled? A long limb stretched forth from the seemingly oaken structure and clamped about her waist in an unyielding vise. Before her wits had time to clear, she was swept full length against a solid structure which seemed far more human than any tree could have come close to duplicating. Lady Adriana Ellen Sutton had grown up in her family's ancestral home no more than a hundred furlongs away, the youngest of three female offspring and, from her earliest years, a companion and close confidant of Samantha Wyndham. Although in many respects she had always been her father's darling, she had nevertheless caused her mother and sisters untold hours of despair. Not only was she dissimilar in appearance from the three, being tall, ebon-eyed, and dark-haired like her handsome sire, but in a variety of other ways too numerous to mention. Her mother, Christina, was the quintessence of a lady who had tried to sculpt her three daughters in the very same mould. To some degree, she had been successful. The elder two, Jacqueline and Malora, had heeded their parents' counsel and, when it met their mood, could convey a genteel demeanour that observers found both pleasing and attractive, to the extent that Jacqueline was now married, living near London, and the mother of two children. Melora, the second-born, was not long from being wed. Adriana, on the other hand, had given every indication that she had been cast from an entirely different mould. Her siblings had even suggested that she was more like her paternal aunt than the family could bear. Except for a contract of courtship and betrothal that had left her uncertain as to her future, Adriana considered herself as yet uncommitted, and wasn't at all eager for that circumstance to change. She was reluctant to assume lofty airs for the benefit of high-ranking guests, and, in her mother's opinion, had even seemed rebellious at times, when instead of donning her finest gowns, she'd appear before their visitors in riding attire, offer gracious excuses with enchanting smiles, and then flit out the door in a dizzying flash before any had the inclination to object. Unquestionably, her equestrian abilities ranked among the best in the area, especially when she rode the proud Andalusian stallion Ulysses, her father had had imported from Spain especially for her. She was no less skilled with bow and arrow, or with a rifle. In a sudden, peevish attempt to reclaim her dignity, Adriana pushed herself away and was relieved to find the man's arms falling away. 
Upon reclaiming her freedom, she sought to retreat farther still from the fellow. Alas, her effort to escape fell far short of her expectation, for in backing away, she stepped on a stick or some other long wooden object, which promptly slid forward beneath her booted foot, throwing her completely off balance. Her arms flayed wildly about in a frantic attempt to catch herself as the man reached for her. In desperation, she clutched the first thing that came within proximity to her hand, the waist of the finely tailored red coat. Even then, her feet seemed to twist beneath her. The sole of her boot slipped, making her lose what little equipoise she had gained. Her frantic gyrations to recover her aplomb ended abruptly when her right thigh slammed into the manly loins. Her victim seemed to choke from her haphazard assault, but that was hardly the end of her disgrace. Her skirts rode nigh up to her knee as her left leg slid down the outer side of a hard, muscular limb, seemingly with the same intent as a skinning tool. It was difficult to determine who winced more from her outlandish feats, the officer or herself. "'I'm sorry,' she began, blushing hotly. "'Never mind.' The officer strangled out. The tendons in his cheeks fairly snapped as he struggled for control. His arm came around her waist once again, and he lifted her easily, shifting her weight off his thigh before settling her feet safely to the floor between his own shiny black boots. Still struggling to surmount his manly discomfort, the officer closed his eyes and bent his head forward to await its ebbing, allowing Adriana to catch a vague scent of his cologne. She had never experienced the like of such strangely provocative stirrings. With a softly muttered apology, he reached down between them beneath the protective shroud.